Since Russia ordered its forces even further into Ukraine than previously on February 24th, other conflicts have rather struggled for headlines. Even the conflict which for some decades has inflamed global opinion like no other. Late last week, Israel launched airstrikes on targets in Gaza. As of this broadcast, a ceasefire brokered by Egypt very shortly after hostilities commenced appears to be holding. According to Gaza's health ministry, at least 45 Palestinians were killed, among them 16 children. I went outside and found my husband covered in blood and dust. My only son shouted, Mummy, Mummy, I am covered in blood. All my daughters were shouting and crying, where are you, mummy? And these two twins were unconscious, not awake. It was very far from the first such Israeli raid, and it is depressingly difficult to believe that it will be the last. But this one was something of a departure from previous similar operations. It was not principally directed against Hamas, Israel's principal Gaza-based adversary of recent years, but against Palestinian Islamic Jihad, two of whose senior commanders, Taysir Jabari and Khaled Mansour, were among the fatalities. And it was not, as Israel often presents such things, a response to rocket barrages launched from behind the fences which surround Gaza, but, at least as Israel sold it, a preemptive manoeuvre designed to deter exactly this. Our fight is not with the people of Gaza. Islamic Jihad is an Iranian proxy that wants to destroy the state of Israel and kill innocent Israelis. The head of Islamic Jihad is in, in Tehran as we speak. We will do whatever it takes to defend our people. Although it turned out with limited success, Islamic Jihad launched hundreds of rockets at Israel. Many were intercepted by Israel's Iron Dome air defense system, but 13 Israelis were treated for minor injuries. It may well be the case that Islamic Jihad caused more casualties among Palestinians. Multiple reports suggest that some of their rockets fell inside Gaza. The immediate build-up to this round of fighting began last week in Jenin when Israeli security forces apprehended Bassam al-Sadi, leader of the West Bank branch of Palestinian Islamic Jihad. Al-Sadi's arrest, by some counts the eighth of his career, occasioned violence as it was taking place. A Palestinian teenager was shot dead after reportedly throwing an explosive device towards Israeli soldiers. In what seems to have been a long-planned operation, Israel then went after al Saudi's Islamic Jihad colleagues in Gaza. Palestinian Islamic Jihad, usually known by its last two names, was founded in 1981 by exiled Palestinian students in Egypt, predating the now much bigger and more powerful Hamas by a few years. While both groups receive guns and money from Iran, Islamic Jihad are even more militantly rejectionist than Hamas. They have never stood for election and appear to have no ambition of governing, even as ineptly or corruptly as Hamas do. Islamic Jihad's military wing, the Al-Quds Brigades, is believed to be maybe a few thousand strong. 
Islamic Jihad's current overall leader is Ziad al-Nakhala, who is generally thought to be resident in Lebanon or Syria, apparently unkeen on embracing the martyrdom he urges upon others. But he was in Tehran this past weekend, meeting with Iranian officials including President Ebrahim Raisi and Revolutionary Guard Commander Major General Hossein Salami. Al-Nakhala's statement in response to the Israeli strikes included a shout-out to, as he put it, the Arab and Islamic people that stood with us in solidarity. Well, up to a point. And here is something else which is different about this Israel versus Palestine clash and which is likely to grow steadily more different about future such eruptions. The governments of the Arab and Islamic people care a lot less about Palestine than they once did, or at least pretended they did in order to rile up the Arab and Islamic people and wind up America. In recent years, several Arab countries, Bahrain, Morocco, Sudan, the United Arab Emirates, have normalised or renormalised relations with Israel, and more will follow, possibly even including Saudi Arabia. Israel has become an increasingly strategically and economically important regional partner, not least because of shared suspicions of Islamic Jihad's patrons in Iran. Palestine has become increasingly regarded as a tedious and intractable mess. And not unreasonably. Even if a given Israeli government was serious about negotiating a settlement with their Palestinian neighbours, there is presently a grave shortage of people they could negotiate seriously with. On the West Bank, elderly and ineffectual Palestinian President Mahmoud Abbas is now 17 years into a four-year term, and his Fatah party have become justly proverbial for graft and incompetence. Gaza is misruled by a mob of theocrats fanatics chaotically pledged to Israel's destruction to the exclusion of most other concerns, although some Israeli observers have perceived grounds for slight optimism in Hamas's relative rhetorical and military restraint this last week or so. Israeli operations continue on the West Bank. On Tuesday morning, Ibrahim al-Nabulsi, a commander in the Al-Aqsa Martyrs Brigades, a militia vaguely linked to Fatah and sort of allies of Islamic Jihad, was killed along with two other people in a raid on a house in Nablus. Hopes that this will discourage others from following in Nabulsi's footsteps, or those of Jabari and Mansur, are doubtless forlorn. But so are the hopes of those who do. For Monocle 24, I'm Andrew Muller.